Red Dad Poet Society. Trigger warning, mentions of suicide, addiction, and other sensitive topics. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna. Hi, guys. I'm Lily. And welcome to Dead Dad, Dad Poet, Poet Society. Society. <laughs> it's also going to be off because once again, we are on Zoom. But that Hopefully okay. that was kind of synced up. We'll see. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. Uh, anyway, we're both like having bad days. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's okay. Not every day can be a good day. Everybody has those days. Everybody yeah. makes mistakes. This is like probably my second worst travel day. Was After- your first when your fanny pack was stolen? No, my first oh, was probably the one that we're going to, to talk about when, no, oh. when dad died. Oh, really? Which is what we're Was it not when dad abandoned you in Costa Rica? I don't really count that like as a travel day. That was a travel day. That was like more of a life event. That was like more of a, yeah, there was a grand escape. Someday I'm going to tell that story of the time I stowed away on a plane on the podcast, but probably not today. My favorite thing is that it gets more and more dramatic each time you tell it. I know it's true. I just like (laughs) keep, you know, it's like a fun little, it's like a fun little story. It's um, a legend okay. at this point. It is a legend. Like, who knows what's real and what's false? I do photograph <laughs> the evidence know. for, like, the big points, but everything memories, else, it's like, I don't really remember. Memories are, like, very subjective, as we know. That's so true. Okay, so Yahoo News Corner is that our lives suck. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My camera got stolen, which, if you know me, first of all, it's like, that's, like, a really expensive thing to lose. Probably the singular most expensive thing that I own. So that's really annoying. And then also, um, just my camera is very important to me. So I'm just sad because I take a lot of pictures. So I'm just having like normal college person, like anxiety. Something that I'm also struggling with is I got into this class that I kind of needed for my concentration. It's anthropology of addictions and recovery. Like we literally, we literally go to like a 12 step meeting and like oh, that's so we like and I'm like yeah but I'm like is this is this gonna like make me no I know I like, probably I've thought about going to like the Al-Anon I forget what it's called exactly but it's like for the friends and families of people like struggling with addiction yeah. I thought about doing that when dad was bad but he's dead now so now I feel like it's like okay well well Al-Anon that's Alcoholics Anonymous but they have they do have friends and family meetings what's the friends um, and family one called it's there's a different word for it Oh, but and then another class that I want to take is this American studies class and it's like we're reading like the declaration of independence and shit and like whatever and I'm like oh my god like dad would have freaked out like so he would have been so like that's like another thing that I'm like I feel like this class is gonna make me so sad because I'm just gonna want to talk to dad about like the things I'm learning because like this would have made him like so incredibly happy so true we have to find his pocket constitution um my friends one of my best friends is getting her master's in American studies at Oxford, mm. which is like, why do they have an American studies program in England? But sure. And so if you ever want to chat with her, I'm sure she's happy to chat. Obviously not the same thing, but it's nice to have people to chat with about things. Who are excited about things. Yes. she's She is my friend in the world. She's probably most excited about things to the same level <laughs> I am. So I feel like she'd actually be like incredibly thrilled to chat with you. Yeah. It's good to know. So yeah. Okay. In some real Yahoo news, what happened today was Olivia Rodrigo released her sophomore album right and there's been a debate carter is carter got really mad because they're like people think that this song lacy is gay and it's obviously not gay it's obviously jolene vibes and i'm i'm in the middle here first of all 
Olivia Rodrigo does not give me gay vibes. So that's number one. I feel like she gives me um like, oh my God, like I'm totally bi, but yeah. like she dates men exclusively. Sex. Yeah, but okay, but that song, like she says something about like, my eyes falling for you, stuff like that. It's kind of giving, is it not giving gay? I feel like, I mean, obviously my perspective probably doesn't count as much as yours in this, but I would say it gives to me like a, um, both like a like a homoerotic frenemy ship if that makes sense like I'm not sure she has had any kind of romantic connection with this girl however I do feel like they're like it's just like the weird feelings it's of charged. trying to parse out of like do I want to be you do I like want to be with you like I'm so jealous of you like what am I feeling so I definitely think that there's like layers to it Mm, okay i also think the main thing is that she wrote a song about taylor swift people are trying to say it's not about taylor swift it is about taylor swift what song um the grudge it's like so clearly about taylor like as an intense taylor stan i will go through line by line no one wants to hear this from this podcast but i'm happy to go through line by line and explain exactly how it's about taylor okay well i need to do some research on this later yeah i like listened to the whole album but i've only listened to it once so but I was listening to it. I was like, this is the most about like the whole um, deja vu credit, losing respect for like an idol, still kind of like loving them, being like, everyone thinks you're so nice. How the fuck could you do this to me? Really scrolling. Sorry. Okay. I need to do this later, but I'm like so interested. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's a good album. I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her too. She seems to be slaying. She's just a child. So I hope she slays. <laughs> I hope that she slays too. Yeah, that's my main opinion on that. Of... Oh well, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Oh yeah. Okay. See, right at this point, we're not, not even looking at Yahoo News. We're just like talking about. We're just like coming. Okay, up with it's fine. It's, that's like, okay. it's a bit. It's fine. It's a bit. It's a bit. Well, that's such an interesting concept. Okay, can I just say that everything that his people are doing in the press is failing and i and i think it's funny well it's making them look bad because everyone liked them as a couple and i think people like them both individually and if they were just like yeah we're getting a divorce rip i think people would just kind of be like okay okay it's like sad. that's that's sad but i don't think people would blame one of them but now it's just he's he's putting out so much stuff to make her look bad it's just like you gotta assume that he did something terrible and all the like outings with his children in public it's just like yeah. okay i mean also i Okay, not to, like, add to the age gap discourse or whatever. I don't think it's, like, whatever. But, like, they did meet when she was 20 and he was, like, 27. And they got... It's more to me that they got married when she was 23 and he was 30. And then by the time she was 27, she had two kids. Like, I just more think that that her, like, 20s were ruined. Like, not, like, that that's, like... Not that... Okay, well, okay, not that, like, women, like, if they choose to have children at that age, their 20s are ruined. But, like, I don't know. I feel like it's, like, he kind of robbed her of her youth (laughs) low-key. I just think it's, like, interesting that it just seems to be a pattern of, like, not that much older, but, like, somewhat older men marrying women and then wanting to settle down and then being surprised when those women also still want to, like, have careers or, like, go out with their friends and, like, be a 20-something-year-old. Right. She's just literally been, like, a stay-at-home mom literally for the past, like, whatever years. And he's been on tour for the past four years. And the fact that she is finally like filming and this is the first time she's filming in years and she's away for a couple months and now's the whole oh like she's not doing enough oh she should be back there when literally she has been there doing everything is like really crazy yeah so i also really want to know what was said on that ring camera i know i bet it was like 
he's so annoying and old. I know. It has to be, like, something about, like, how he's annoying or something. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Well, also, why was he listening to their... Anyway. Well, um, ring cameras, like, give you, like, alerts when there's, like, movement. Like, there's an app. And so if you give an alert, people are like, he's spying on us. There is a chance he just, like, got the alert on his phone and just, like... Right, 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 right. Well, as my mom said, Team Sophie. <laughs> yes, mom did say Team Sophie. Mom, like, knows nothing about the situation. She knows nothing about what we tell her. Therefore, our opinion is hers. Yeah, therefore, our opinion is her opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I feel like I should give a location update as I did last time. Well, last time oh, I was yeah. recording in, the, in a hostel and I was in the the be- the room of the hostel, but then someone came in. So I had to move to the hallway. So I was just laying in the floor of the hostel hallway. Hey, you were getting comfy. It's like, it was more of like a in Airbnb, not Airbnb, um, like a being like bread and breakfast situation. However, I was, I was laying on the floor, but yeah, today I am in a very quiet location that no one will interrupt me, which is so nice. I'm staying at my friend's apartment in Manchester. So we are doing well and she has great Wi-Fi. So we're feeling good about that. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Anyway, anyway guys. okay, so-, so we don't actually have anything to read this week. We more have a, a topic which feels relevant and pertinent. 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 It's there's so many words that I learned from like reading them and then I don't quite know how to pronounce them. But you also don't know how to spell them. Have I you also ever considered that you have dyslexia? No, <laughs> you don't because oh, I wait, can read. You don't have dyslexia because you read a lot. Yeah, I read a lot, and I can read really quickly. The main thing is that, like, I, oh my god, like, okay, mediocre is a word, and I would always read it in books. And for some reason, I read it as metacore. Well, right, so but then, then how does this? Where, I where does there were like two the, different words? But then where does like the spelling come into all of this? I think what it is is that I read so fast is that I don't. <laughs> well, like, I, like I like I'm not really like looking at the individual I'm a words. Speed reader. Well, yeah, no. I think it is like you know, like I just I've always read so fast that I like feel like I'm not like processing the whole word, either mm-hmm. how it sounds or how it's spelled. So I just I more the vibes of words rather than the actual words themselves. Right. Yeah. But it's okay. Anyway. Anyway, that's not what our topic is. <laughs> yeah, that is not what our topic is. Um. Anna thought that it would be a good idea to talk about, like, I guess the immediate aftermath, right? Yeah. Okay. Love, love, love when things are pinned on me. Um, what do you mean? But... That was that you wanted to talk. You're right. It's a pinned on you. I'm giving you <laughs> credit for your idea. My God. Okay. Well, it just sounded like, well, Anna thought we should do this anyway. Yeah. I just think this is something where. It's just, like, everyone's always going to have different reactions to when something tragic happens. And I feel like the first couple days or whatever are talked about a lot, but also not talked about a lot. Like, a lot of people are there for you in a way that they probably won't be there for you, like, in the next couple months or years or whatever. So, like, a lot of people are there and paying attention. But also it's something that I think people feel, like, really uncomfortable with. Um, And people have, like, a lot of questions but they don't want to ask them and it's just kind of like a very weird time because so many people are reaching out for support but it also feels like very isolating if you've ever been through something similar yeah um and yeah and I think we both have like very different experiences so I think this is going to be like more of a suicide death heavy episode than like some of our more like reading episodes but I think these things are important to talk about and um 
I'm sure a lot of people have been in similar situations. Yeah. So. And I think that there's a lot of like, I don't know, there's a lot of thinking about like what, how we should be reacting, not just like in like the immediate aftermath, but like in general with grief and like just tragedy in general. And I think that, yeah, there are like so many different ways that like we react to things and there's really, I think it's really easy to feel like we're reacting wrong or like we should be feeling something that we're not or we're feeling something that we shouldn't um and I don't know I just feel like there's really there's no one right way to so true and I want to do a longer episode on like the grieving process and stuff but I think this is like a good place to start with that Mm -hmm. even though it's like more uncomfortable to talk about than other things necessarily yeah Anyway, I mean, so you found out first, actually. I found out in a really funny way. (laughs) You were in another country. Um, I was on Zoom with my therapist, Katie. Shout out. Love her to death. Sorry that I canceled on you yesterday. She's not listening to this. That would be weird. So I don't know why I said that. Uh, But I was on Zoom. I sent one of the episodes to my therapist. I I mean, yeah, like whatever. I was on Zoom with my therapist and we were chatting away. And I got a call from my mom and I denied it. And then she texted me. Um, I texted her, like, sorry, in therapy, and she said, Call me. And I was like, Oh. Because you know, like as we've kind of like, you know, like touched on, like we it's not like this came to a came like when my friends were like all like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, like it's not like we didn't see it coming like trying to you know because it definitely so right when I got that text I was like okay and I said to her like I think my dad died and I called my mom and I said well still on zoom with your therapist well still on zoom and I said is he dead and she said yes and I started like having a panic attack because I think like that and that's like the same it was honestly the same thing like when I found out that my friend had like taken her life in mid- in high school like I literally like just like I, I like fell to the floor because like you're yeah. like it's like it's like a physical reaction even though like even though with my dad like I had been like I've been anticipating this moment like your body like the way that it reacts finding out that like your parent died is like especially sort of suddenly I will like literally never forget when you found out that your friend died in high school because I was like woken up by you like literally like screaming and because Lily's room is next to mine so we can like hear stuff yeah and I literally like will never forget that sound in my life and every time you like yell which is like kind of constantly you're always like yelling you're always like screaming for various reasons you're always like crying for various reasons sometimes like happy stuff that you know depends (laughs) every time like literally there's like like intense fear in my chest because like I just obviously it's I'm not saying it's more traumatizing for me than for you <laughs> no but yeah, like I li- every time like I hear like a loud time from your room I'm like literally like <gasps> like it's and and I remember wrong going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god when I told her yeah she like ran up the stairs because I was like screaming and she's like what what yeah um but yeah so then I was like panicking and I was like Katie gotta call you back she was like and I was like oh my god I traumatized her because like I don't know I just feel like that's such an intense moment to have like you know you're like having a therapy session and then you like witness your yeah I don't think you really like sign up for that with the client like finding out that her dad died 
Yeah. Um, and then I, so I had, I was on the phone with my mom and I FaceTimed Carter on my laptop and Carter has this thing where they get really annoyed because I am constantly, constantly exclaiming, oh my God. Or I'm like sobbing. Or I'm like, like for example, yeah. when I found out that my favorite TikTok cat died, I started screaming and sobbing on the floor yeah. and they were like, and they're always like, Lily, like I thought your dad died or I thought that Chester died. Like that's like their thing. And so they always get annoyed when I like exclaim something really loudly and I was like, I was sobbing. I called them and I couldn't say anything. And they were like, and they went like, is he dead? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay. And they were like immediately like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, cause I was like, obviously like inconsolable. Um, and then honestly, it's a very like surreal moment. I don't even know like what else to say about it, but I texted like four of my friends, some of whom it's weird. The people that I, or it's not weird. And I love them all. Um, but it's just like interesting, like how, like at that point in my life, like there were four people that I texted and they came over. I drank like a half a bottle of wine, which <laughs> it was like 3 p.m. I think I didn't have, because at that point in my life, I didn't have any like quick acting anxiety meds. And mm-hmm. I like my nervous system was like so overwhelmed. Yeah. And my I friends, like, like an acceptable time to drink half a bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. My friends like opinion. brought me food and blah, blah, blah. And I remember they stayed in my room for a while and then they left and I was so like nauseous. Like I couldn't eat anything ever since my dad died. I haven't been able to sleep in, but I couldn't like really sleep, but then I got to go home. So I went home like the next day or the day after. Yeah. Did you fly home? I I flew home. Someone bring you, didn't someone bring you to the airport? I think I Ubered. Oh, I thought like Bob did something. Oh, my God. I had breakfast with my dad's, like one of my dad's best friends. Yeah. But I was still, I couldn't even like, cry. I mean, I cried that day, but then like when I saw Bob, we just like talked and I was like, fine. Yeah. And I felt like he was tearing up and I was kind of tearing up, but I felt like I should have been, I felt like I should have been feeling more, yeah. especially in front of him. And I, I Bob is a guest on the podcast. Yeah. Bob is like, and he, was a huge part of my childhood and is a huge part of my life now and his daughter is like someone that I was really close with growing up and you know we're still in touch but he drove me home or he sorry drove me to the airport I flew home and my mom picked me up and it was just like and then it was my stepdad's 60th birthday yeah it was a huge birthday party with like hundreds of people who'd flown in from all over the country people flying in from all over the country yeah and my stepdad's brother was there, all of my mom's friends, my stepdad, you know, like everyone was there. And so I was surrounded by loved ones. Like it was my entire family and Carter and whatever. And I just like felt so much love. And it was like, I was looking at photos and I was trying to, you know, and a weird thing is like the Instagram post thing feeling like, oh yeah, that was like, stressful, to- honestly. And Anna's first draft of her post was oh, yeah, we can unhinged. Well, okay. Well, but it was just like, cause it was like, you wanted to say everything. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to say like nothing. Like I, I just posted pictures and I like some like stupid caption, like short caption that apparently Don't people go for Noah Khan. <laughs> people no, but I'm saying like, it wasn't really, it was meaning like people didn't even know that he died. I thought that I've had people Khan... tell me that they didn't know my, that dad died from mine. <laughs> well, I put, cause I, I turned the comments off because I just yeah. like I just felt like it was so I didn't want oh like heart heart like I don't need that yeah it's also interesting the people that reach out like so many random people and it's so weird because I did 
honestly find myself being like, oh, wow, this person didn't reach out. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Which is like, you would think that like when you're like grieving the death of your father, you wouldn't be like thinking about like which friends reach out. But I like totally did. I did too. Because it was friends. It was friends who like knew him. Like one of my friends who like still I haven't heard anything from her. She's definitely not listening to this, but like he took her to the beach. Like we went to the beach and she never said anything. And I like, it's just like, it's like, it feels like it doesn't matter. It feels like it doesn't matter. And like, obviously that's so stupid. Like one person's like whatever, but and obviously it didn't matter. And having all those people around me, like was like a really great experience. I also felt very watched. Because it was, like, also all my mom's friends and, like, whatever. And everyone yeah, was, like, ah, like, how are you? Like, whatever. And um, it was just, like, a really, really surreal experience. But I've always said that, like, the first, like, week or so after, like, grief or, like, after, like, a death or a tragedy, it's kind of, like, it's very surreal. So it's not – I definitely wouldn't say that that was the worst of it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's, like – and also, like, you're getting so much, like, attention and so much, like, love – and there's so much for you to focus on and you're not like it is isolating because it's like okay but like no one I feel like no one really understands but then like the really isolating part sets in like afterwards which like we can talk about another time yeah I actually wrote something about that so we can like do a whole episode not about like what I wrote but about that um yeah so I had like a somewhat different experience basically I was backpacking when it happened and it was like very surreal like I was it was my last day in the Philippines I just like gone out the night before I was super hungover and then I had to wake up check out of my hostel and do like a 28 hour journey to Cambodia which, Wait, why you is it such a long journey? I had a 14-hour layover in the Singapore airport. Oh, okay. I had to take three different planes because I had to take a plane off the aisle to, like, off Boracay, Boracay right, right. to Manila and then from Manila to the to Singapore and then Singapore to Cambodia. Basically, um, I just went to sleep the night before. I woke up in the morning. I had a text from my mom. I had two missed calls from my mom and I had a text that said, call me when you can. And, like, she always does that. She'll call me and then text me and say, call me when you can. And I always say, mom, you can't do that because I assume someone's dead. Don't do that to me. And she's like, okay, I won't. And she keeps doing it. So I honestly, it's weird. There's been so many times in my life where I'm sure it's going to be the call, but this, I wasn't really sure, but I did text my group chat with like my six friends. Shout out to icky people group chat. You guys like really got me through this whole day. Like I really was having a breakdown and Basically, I said, LOL, I think someone died because my mom just like text called me twice and texted me and they're like, oh, and we just all kept chatting. And then like I had to pack. So then I packed and then like 20 minutes later, I call my mom and she just said, I'm sure you know why I'm calling. And I was like, oh, OK, well, now I do. And that's <laughs> what I literally said, like, oh, now I do. Um. And it was weird. I was not hysterical at all. I cried like a little bit, but not a lot. I was like outside on the like the porch of like my hostel. And like the the reason I have this butterfly tattoo now is because as you hear at the end of our episodes, like my dad and I had like a secret handshake that involved butterflies. 
And uh butterfly like landed on me like while I was on the call and like sat on my arm for like 15 minutes. And it was like, well, not 15 minutes, like more like five, but that's a long time for a butterfly. And my mom and I just talked. I was like asking her like what happened, like giving, like asking her, like, I don't know, just like to catch me up on everything. And it's really weird because all the other times that we like had done wellness checks on him or I either like physically found him or, and then had to see him like after an attempt, like immediate aftermath, like the first you time. You physically found him. The first time when I had to like see him like wheeled on in a stretcher. Oh, but stuff. you didn't find, mom found him. Yeah, but I was in there. And then um, the other times I was like the one waiting by the phone, like waiting for the call. And this was like really weird that first of all, like I wasn't there for like the finding out, but also I wasn't the first one to know because I was usually the one like who was like the first to know with this stuff. Like I got the calls. So that was like kind of weird for me that everyone knew before me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a choice. I just like checked out of my hostel. I like headed to the ferry. There's two ferries and then to the airport. And I was kind of like somewhat crying the whole time, not sobbing, but people kept like asking me what was wrong. And I kept just being like, oh, my dad died. Oh, I also forgot. Like after my mom called me, I called Lily and we just like talked for a little bit. And yeah, in the airport. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then that happened. I was on like the first plane. I actually on the first, no, not on that flight. Okay. I was on the first plane, whatever, got to the airport, had to take my second flight. And I was still kind of like reeling like mentally. And I like, didn't really know what was happening. The second plane, I was kind of crying. I sat next to this guy. He was like this old Jewish guy. And he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, uh, I just had like a personal tragedy. And he's like, what happened? And I was like, my dad just died. And he's like, I was also abroad when my mom died. And he gave me like a hundred dollars. And he was like, classic Jewish. (laughs) I know. And he was like, it's a mitzvah. So like, that was nice. That just like felt comforting. So then I got to the Singapore airport. I had a 14 hour layover overnight. I got there. I hadn't eaten all day because I was like in shock. And then all the restaurants are closed. So I like postmated McDonald's. And then Lily and I had a little powwow debrief about like the Instagram posts. (laughs) And it's like silly that this is kind of what we were worried about. But it was a thing where I had texted my group chat who I said, LOL, I think someone died right after I said my dad. And then they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And those are people I talk to every day. And then I messaged a couple friends, like one-on-one to let them know, like people who, again, I talk to every day and I felt should hear it directly from me. But I was like, I can't, I think what I said to you is like, I don't want people finding out over time. I need everyone to know it all yeah, at once because I want to get- once. I felt the same way. That's why I didn't actually want to like put like it's not like you're like oh I want to. It was very much a thing where it's like this is my this is like my way of like letting everyone in my life know because I can't. Which apparently I wasn't clear enough, but um, (laughs) I like Um, couldn't. Or if someone had texted me like, it's weird. I texted like a few of my closest friends, yeah, and then because I didn't want them to find out from Instagram post, and then like one of my friends I was supposed to get lunch with that day, and I was like, I'm sorry, like I'm I'm home. My dad died. Yeah, (laughs) and it's like that's like who I told, but. Yeah, like, I feel like we were, it was very much a thing, like, okay, like, we need to let everyone know. And yeah, so my first draft caption was, like, super, super long, and it was basically what ended up mostly, like, being my eulogy, um, and Lily was just like, Anna, you can't post this, (laughs) and I was like, what do you mean I can't post this? I'm being, like, 
I, this is how I'm feeling. And she's like, no. She was well, like, no. It was just, it's very intimate for you. Yeah, it was intimate. And like, honestly, most of it ended up being the eulogy. And I'd love to read the eulogies on here sometime. Yeah. But I think probably for the announcement, it was just a lot. But I ended up just Death saying. announcement. <laughs> so true. I ended up just saying, it's the most intensely loving and devoted father. Our love language is always through music and poetry. So today I'm thinking about when Joni's saying, I remember that time you told me you said love was touching souls. Well, surely you touched mine because part of you pours out of me in these lines from time to time. My dad, ever the poet and writer, I see him in every meandering, flowery sentence and semicolon I write. Here are some of my favorite pictures of the many things he's written me. Little pieces I'll always have of him. And then I ended up with the thing that I, we always end the podcast with, with which is the SNI. Remember, we know what the thing is, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I still haven't read the comments on it. I don't think I ever will. Like, I just like, it feels, and like, I like, I saw people commenting as it com- came in. So I appreciated it. But like, I just like, wasn't ready to like, hear all the stuff. Maybe I will someday, but I think another thing that happened, I don't know. I think like I've gotten way more spiritual since he died. And like, I think you probably like look for things, but I do like, like my little coincidences. And, um, Joni Mitchell took all of her music off Spotify in 2020 or 2021 because of stuff with Joe Rogan, which was a tragedy for me because I love Joni Mitchell. And my favorite song by her is called A Case of You. And that's the thing that I quoted in there. And I checked Spotify the day he died and it was back on Spotify. And I check every week and it had been that week. And then the next week it was gone again. So it was only, the song was only there for that one week. And like, I felt, I don't know. I just felt like that was like a little sign and the butterfly. So that day was like weird, but very like spiritual. And then I got to Cambodia. I was like kind of having, I got to the hostel. I was like crying. I hadn't like talked to anyone except over like social media and these two girls in my room were like oh my god are you okay and I was like yeah something just happened and then they're like what happened I was like my dad died and they were like so nice they both were like can I give you a hug I hadn't hugged anyone since it happened and so that was really nice and then they took me out to dinner and then they're like let's go on a bar crawl I'm like I'm not sure I should go on a bar crawl like the night after my dad died because I'd been on the floor of the Singapore airport for 14 hours and I hadn't slept I was like I should probably just sleep and they're like no you're coming out so we did, we got really drunk. I did karaoke and I said, everyone has, I did one of my dad's favorite songs, which is September by Earth, Wind and Fire. And I said, hi guys, my dad just died today. So everyone has to sing along because my dad died. And then everyone did sing along. Wow. I was so drunk, but honestly, it was funny. <laughs> it's I don't cr- know. Well, I already had You were singing humor. drunk karaoke, but Saturday, so we, I think I found out he died on like Tuesday or Monday. Saturday night was Danny's party and I was drunk. We were all drunk and we were, I also did feel like at that party, everyone was kind of watching me and I was like on stage with the band, like <laughs> dancing and singing. And like, it's so weird, like having, cause like displaying such like joy and drunkenness. Um, but it, it makes sense, you know, like obviously like, like emotions aren't, life. yeah. Well, yeah. And emotions aren't like, you don't usually feel one at a time. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, are you coming home? And that right. was a discussion. That was a there was yeah. a discussion on the first phone call. And then after that, there was no more discussions. I was already sad that I couldn't come home for Danny's party. And as when my dad died, I was like, maybe I should come home. But my mom said, you have three months left of your trip and you're in Asia. That's like the hardest place in the world to get to. We will pay to fly you home. But if you fly home, you're just not going to go back out. Like it just, that would be the end. And I was like, that would be so 
sad if I like ended my trip and like the thing is I was like what would I do at home I'd be with my mom and Danny obviously my mom was like sad but she it's her ex-husband it's a different thing Lily was going back to school none of my friends were living at home and so I was just like I would just be sitting at home no job nothing to do just my mom and Danny, whom I love, but like, I was like, I need to be doing stuff. I need to be distracted, which I think was and definitely the right call. planning this trip for like your whole life. So like- I know. And like my last text my dad sent to me was like about how happy and peace and at peace with he was with the fact that I was like doing what I was supposed to be doing while traveling. And I was like, it just feels bad. It feels so wrong to go home. So I didn't, but it was definitely a weird like time and for the whole month after I kept, we'll talk more about this but like I kept meeting people and like being like my dad just died because they would like see it on my Instagram that was like the only post on my Instagram and it was like and then it was just a, it was very weird to do backpacking and be like yes my parent just died it was very strange and I don't think I had like a really good fulfilling conversation about it because like I had good conversations over the phone but it's different but until I got to Thailand like three months later and I met Camille and Sid, whose apartment I'm at right now. And I was crying so hard during that conversation because I felt like I was having like a real conversation that got to the root of things. And as much as I'm glad I kept traveling, it felt very like lonely and like weird at times, like not to be with people who like knew and cared about me. Yeah. And also knew and cared about dad. Yeah. It was just like a very strange time. Yeah. And then like very liminal space. It is a very liminal space. And like something I kind of want to talk about is um, like how did you feel about what happened? Like what he did immediately after? Were you really mad? Were you feeling okay? Were you like, what were your thoughts about that? I felt like it's so funny because for the past like years of like my dad's life, and like literally up until like that day, like I was, I had a lot of anger and I always had this idea that was like, especially if you have kids and like, I've had, like, I've been like suicidal. I've have like, I still have like really bad, like passive suicidal ideation. And I still had this belief that like suicide is selfish. At least if you have kids, like it's selfish. Cause you're like leaving them with all of this like pain and like whatever. And and then, like, right when it happened, I, like, I had zero anger, and I just knew, like, he was just so tired, and I, the way that it happened, and, like, he just, like, couldn't live anymore, and I knew that, and, like, I just, and I, I'm I, like, I, I feel like I've never felt so much empathy for him, and, and, like, the pain that he was in, and, and how hard it was for him to, like, I know that this isn't something that he took lightly and I know that he knew that he was like traumatizing us forever but I think that also like he knew that he couldn't he just couldn't do it anymore he couldn't be a father he couldn't like be a person and I just felt like I felt no like oh we could have stopped it or like he shouldn't have I'm not like he shouldn't have done it like I don't obviously I like I wasn't like oh thank god like (laughs) but I didn't feel any of that like anger or resentment and then like kind of like months later once I started reading through his stuff I kind of started like stuff started like filling in I started getting mad at him again but at least for those first few months and especially at first like I just I felt really bad for him (laughs) yeah yeah I did like a similar experience um where I 
weirdly felt like some peace the fact he like wasn't in pain anymore because he had tried like literally everything he'd done every therapy he'd been in so many hospitals he'd tried every single medication he'd done like electroshock therapy twice he really like did everything he could to get better and I feel like we like us and mom and the people who love him did everything that we could to help him and I really felt like like best efforts were made on all parts and so like I felt okay about that there was no like questions that I had left yeah so like in the immediate aftermath I was writing a lot like in my notes app like weird poems and stuff and um you know I think I'm allowed to write my weird tumblr poems in the immediate aftermath of my dad's suicide so it's, it was what it was but I found something I wrote like the day after once I got to Cambodia and it was pretty melodramatic but also it just like was what I was feeling at the time and it feels very like real to what was happening mentally and so I just feel like it's like similar to what Lily said but basically I don't know why it's like written at dad but anyway I just said I thought I'd be angry at you when it finally happened but all my anger is gone and now I'm so tired I held so much hope for so long almost till the end and then when I had to let go of that I replaced it with rage and blame and fury and that felt pretty good it felt correct it felt like healing and now I don't have anything there. There's no hope left, no bright future to look and strive for. There's no target for my hurt and pain and blame. It's all useless now. So now there's just a hole that as long as I remember, I used to fill with all of my many and overwhelming feelings about you. And now the only thing left is love. And that's so funny because I remember like saying like in my, like you or like my like thing that that's liberation of life. I don't know if we call, I don't know. If, I don't really know if that's a eulogy. I feel like we all just kind of had speeches. Mm-hmm. But I remember saying, like, there's no anger. Like, there's just love left. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think we're very on the same page about that. This is honestly really hard for me to talk about. It's really hard to find something profound to say. I st- I feel like my brain is so, like, stunted. I don't think there has to be anything profound in it. I think, like, it's a really weird, difficult thing to talk about. And, like, we honestly don't have to put this episode up if you don't want us to. Um, No, I just, like, I don't know if I'm saying anything that will resonate with anyone else. I think, like, the... I think you've said a lot of things that, like, really resonated with me, at least. And I think that they're just hard things to process. I mean, especially when, like, you feel so conflicted about someone. Like, like, I mean, I like what I said, what I wrote. Like, I really had hoped that dad would get better for most of the time. And then in the year before he died, I really kind of, like, almost gave up on it. And I was really angry at him. And I would tell my friends and be like, oh, he's terrible, like, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as he died, I was like, actually, never mind. (laughs) Everything is forgiven. And then, again, since then, there's been things I'm like, oh. Right. But I do think it's one of those things. It's weird. I think especially, like, caring how other people see you or trying to figure out what other people are thinking or caring who texts you that stuff that like people like are embarrassed to talk about but I think is like very much a thing like thinking about what captions you're going to post on Instagram like thinking about how you respond to people when people are like what people like people are like what are you supposed to say when that happens and honestly 
I've had friends who have been through tragedy since then. And I still don't know what to say. I don't know what I yeah. wanted people to say. Yeah, everything was appreciated that everything was wrong. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing. And it's just a weird time. And I also am still like, I don't even know. I felt like I didn't really process it at all till I got home. I don't yeah. feel like I've still like hundred percent processed it, but I feel like I went through like a second first grieving process when I got home and all of a sudden he just like wasn't there and I still like I still all the time see things or think things and I'm like oh I have to text dad and then like I can't and that's like like, literally there's a shock every time like I talked so casually about my dad being dead but every time I actually think oh my god he's actually dead I literally feel like I like punched in the throat like, it just doesn't feel like it actually happened. And I'm not sure when it will ever settle in. No, because I remember, like, I did this, like, amazing bereavement group at Brown that I'm probably going to keep going to again. Um, But, like, it's, like, so there's, a there's like, a psychologist and, like, a or, like, a, the, it's, like, led by the chaplain. So it's, like, religious, but it's, like, it's not any type of religion. It's mm-hmm. just, like, it's, like, that's, like, who it's led by. And she's just kind of, like, a religious, like, advisor, basically. Mm-hmm. But she and I remember like asking because I was like the person who's like had the most recent death so it was like I was talking a lot and I was like like oh my god like when's it ever when's it gonna hit me and she was like like it's never gonna hit you it's not like I don't think you know like and like it kind of like there are things over time that like you get used to mm-hmm. you learn to live with it obviously but I don't think it ever like and like yeah gr- grief comes in waves blah blah blah, blah. um but I think yeah like I did not process like basically anything my like that semester of school like I was I literally said like at, at the end of the semester that was the best semester I've had at college <laughs> even though my dad died <laughs> because I was like so like I was like hanging out with, like friends and I was like I mean not everything was good like uh, I my relationship with Carter wasn't great because I was like always like I was kind of like I was definitely trying to like distract myself um and I wasn't really like I like there were obviously things that I was doing wrong um or are th- there are things that I was doing that like were probably hurting people I just was like I was kind of like in like it's like manic state and I, I don't mean too. that like in like a I don't mean that um as like a path- pathology I mean that like is like a saying um I, I like felt so, so YOLO. I felt so yeah. YOLO at that time. It was like my dad died. Like who wants who wants to I know. I was out. like who wants I was like I mean traveling you're drinking all the time, but I was like drinking all the time, not in a way where I felt like reliant on it, but I was just like anytime anyone was like, Do you want to do something? I'd say yes. And every single night at a hostel you're asked to do something. Before I was pretty good at being like, No, I really should sleep tonight. But then these nights I was like, I'm gonna go do something fun. Like I deserve to do something fun. I was spending money so recklessly. I still like look back and I'm like, I like the money thing was like really bad for me right then um but I just think there's times when you kind of like need to give yourself grace however other people give you grace too and sometimes it feels like they're giving you too much grace like sometimes Mm -hmm. someone needs to say like snap out of it like get your shit together yeah like with school I took like less than a week off school and then I went right back and I think that's another thing like I had to do school like I just and I already like wow like life just has to keep moving like and some of my professors were just, like, such, like, I had an exam, and I, like, I just had to take it, and then I had, like, I just, I couldn't, I just, like, I had to keep moving, and I basically did everything on time, I got great grades, I just, like, kind of, 
like kept kept it moving. So when I came home, this whole summer has just been like, I think processing. And now like that I'm back at school, it's I'm I'm not as like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like these are things that are people don't talk about. Number one, it's difficult. So I wasn't even sure if we should talk about them on the podcast, but I like talking about difficult things. And then also because they like feel weird. I think it's normal to be like, when my dad died, I cried. But it's, you know, when I have not heard when my dad died, my sister and I bickered over what my Instagram caption was going to be. Like, I just think these are things that I think about. And I was getting so many texts. I was, I was stressed because I felt like I wasn't responding to the text quick enough. I definitely missed some. And I still like feel bad about that. And then people are like, it's okay. People get it. But then it's also like, I wanted the people who reach out to, to know that I appreciated it. And it's still just like, it is you're going and you're texting. Thank you. Heart, heart. Thank you. Heart, heart. Thank I know. you. Heart, heart. It's so weird. It's like the same thing as like, I don't know people, someone tweeted this and I think about it all the time. And I laugh because someone's like popping an Adderall to respond to all my birthday texts, which is a thing. Cause I don't take my ADHD meds on my birthday because I want to enjoy my birthday, but I can't answer texts if I'm not on my ADHD meds. <laughs> so then I'm really stressed. I'm like, ah, and then I just forget to respond to people's happy birthday messages. And so that's always like a thing. And that's like, was me with like the dad messages. I was like, oh my God, there's so many. And like, I don't know how I'm going to respond to all of this. And that was like a stressful part. And like, I yeah. just wanted, at certain points, like I just wanted to be babied. Like I wanted like a hug. And I wanted, like, someone to just, like, baby me and, like, do stuff for me and, like, buy me food. And that's just, like, wasn't what was happening. I was literally backpacking. And, like, that sucks. It was just – and it was a nice distraction, but I also was, like, on the brink the entire time. And, like, I was mostly fine, but also, like, I very much wasn't. And I think that's why the conversation where I conceptualized a Dead Poet Society in Pi – felt so incredibly like moving and like fundamental to me and Sid and I were going through our pictures yesterday and we found a picture of us all crying when we were having that discussion and I just I don't think I like knew how much I needed that until I had that and then when I came home I had many other profound talks but like I really really think I was like in weird denial and it's hard to get out of that yeah but those are like that's like your body and your brain like coping with it like as much as it can so I think on some level like you can't pro- like you just you can't receive all of that information all at once yeah so you it needs to come in bits and pieces yeah so like denial sure but like denial is sometimes denial is sometimes very necessary <laughs> yeah and there's just, like, so many people to let know. And, like, mom, like, really took on, like, a burden, like, doing yeah. a lot of that, like, with all of his friends and stuff. But I just, like, don't know, like, how people – when you have to be the one to let everyone know. Like, I don't – like, that's just – I mean, we let a, a lot of people know through our Instagram, but mom texted all the family. She texted mom, all of dad's friends. Yeah, all of his friends. She had to call both of us, obviously. Yeah. Like, that's just so much. Like, I don't know. I still, like – it's just, like, how traumatizing it has to be to call your kids and be, like, your dad – killed himself like that's like such a thing and that's why like I almost felt bad I was I wasn't home because I was like I usually have been there waiting with her and I just like wasn't obviously and like 
there was some relief that by the time she called me, it was already like 10 hours after everyone found out. So I, she was calm by then. Like she was calm. I don't know when she, when she called you, if she was like crying, but by the time she called me, like she like cried when she's on the phone with me, but she was very like calm and like had information at that point. And I was like, wow, I really avoided all the bad stuff, but I also felt guilt for like avoiding all the bad stuff. But my friend was like, you've already done the bad stuff like five times. This just happened to be the one time that it worked. And you just happened. This is the one time you happen not to like be at home. And I'm like, that's true, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. I think this is also the one time that he like, it's like, it's very definitive. Like it was like. That was very definitive. Because like, I don't want to get too much into this, but I think like the ways in which like people go about like suicide it really there's like varying levels of finality yeah and some of them are more successful than others and this just like it was very clear that he was like ready yeah he was ready and I think like and there I think like before this I like I remember I've talked to I talked to Carter like pretty often about like assisted suicide and like do you think that he would be like he would because in other countries they that's like something that they do for people and I was like do you think that he would do you think that he would qualify for that like just like because I don't know I just I he was there were so many things on top of like his biology his genetics weren't great he didn't have early enough intervention he was severely traumatized from like his own childhood and his own like parents I think it's just like the question of bodily autonomy and like if people have really done everything and they just really don't want to be here, like, that's like a thing that I think about because I spent a lot of time growing up begging him not to kill himself or being like, I'll never forgive you. And then I kind of stopped saying that in the past year, not because I was like, okay with it, but just because I was like, there's only like, you can't have, you can't live for someone else and you can't force someone to live for you. And like, I was like, I am taking his autonomy away from him. Yeah, because he was living for us and that was super clear. Yeah, and like there's like only, I think there's a reached a point of it like being immoral. And I was like, I kind of, I never like would say to his face, but I, in my head, I was like, I respect his decisions on like how he exists and like. But of course, like the problem is like, you don't, if there's like a little chance that someone can get better. No, exactly. I think with him, we like, not that he felt like he couldn't get better. I think everyone around him was like, yeah, like he did every single thing. Yeah. He did. I think once you're in your fifties and you've been in mental hospitals, literally like for probably like years of years of your life, you've done every single medication, you've done electrical therapy multiple times. I think that there's like a certain level of, okay, like we have done every single possible thing that there is to try. I think. But that doesn't mean like you should kill yourself. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't mean. But I think I just felt like a lot more. Yeah, I just feel like this sounds, it's hard to talk about because it sounds like I'm like, yeah, then you should just kill yourself. But I think <laughs> yeah. when someone has done every single thing and it still just hasn't like worked out after like years and years and years and years, like there's just like a more, there's more understanding and there's more empathy there at least for me where I was like well he did everything he could and like yeah that's like the thing of like assisted suicide that's what's so complicated especially when it comes to like mental health because it's like why would you 
I don't know. It's like is giving up, but I also felt relief for him. It's just a very complicated thing that I still feel like we're talking about. Yeah. Because I don't really know where I stand on it. But in this specific case, I feel like he has found peace, but also I think the rest of us have more peace now because we're not constantly waiting for a phone call. I don't really know what else there is to say. I don't think we have to make this like that long. I feel bad for like making you do this. No, I don't don't feel bad. I think it's like important to talk about. I just feel like I don't have like I feel like I I haven't really I I don't feel like I'm like being as which this is whatever, like doesn't really matter. I don't think there's anything to be I think this is like a very the whole thing is like this is just a messy time. It's just messy. Like Taylor Swift summer 2016. 2016. No one really knows what happened. We have our ideas. We know she wasn't being totally moral. Yeah. People can extricate what they want from like what we have put out into the world, but who really knows? (laughs) I just think it's weird, which is why I wanted to talk about it. But it's also hard to talk about, obviously. But I think. Um, the listeners will forgive us for not making this a full-length episode. True. I also don't even think it's going to be, like, that short. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yes. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope this was super <laughs> fun and entertaining and interesting and funny. I hope you either felt yes. seen or you got the got the tea that you were looking for yeah, when it first yeah. happened. <laughs> and you Googled Greg Cork, cause of death. Because I know I do that sometimes when I say someone died on Instagram. Not like cause of death or like obituary. Oh, yeah. I look up their obituary because I'm like, oh my God, like, what like what's the tea though? You know, I mean, I feel like <laughs> death is like crazy, especially so, like, especially when someone like you kind of know about dies, but not really, or someone that like, yeah, you're just like, what happened? Like, like, I don't know. So <laughs> I'll be the one to admit. I have Googled people's obituaries when I see about their deaths on Instagram. And that's just how it is so That's anyone who did that about my dad don't feel bad and now you're getting all your questions that you could possibly <laughs> yeah you're that welcome you possibly Google and answer. for you're all welcome. you nosy people because i'm nosy as hell i'm so I wish, oh my god i wish everyone like i know just make a podcast about like their breakups oh my god i want to know because there are people who i'm like i'm like stalking i'm like oh my god they deleted all their posts with their partner we should do a podcast of people that we like follow on instagram but aren't close with where we dm them and say do you want to be on your podcast to explain what happened to your breakup because i'm sure a lot of people want to know like i want to know i think that'd be an amazing podcast it's like that show normal gossip but it's like or that like podcast i mean anyway no but i just think it'd be so fun i feel like the people are itching so if anyone would like to be on a special bonus episode of our podcast that we talk about your messy breakup we talk about your messy breakup and like if you especially if you like our mutual instagram followers with us but we don't really know each other that well. Believe us, we we we've noticed and we're invested and we're curious. <laughs> and we want to know and we're here for you. Yeah, and we're here for you. And I'm sure everyone else wants to know too, so they can also be here for you. And just so you know, <laughs> if you get your side out first, that's all we want. Yeah, because if you guys, if you don't come on, then we're gonna get your partner, your yeah. ex-partner on, and they're gonna bash and, you. Yeah, they're going to have the first 
the first thing to say. So, and I don't want any of that, oh, it was amicable. Oh, it was mutual. No. No, it wasn't. No. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And we know it's not. Okay. And we want to know what happened to the dog you adopted together. Mm. And a breakup isn't mutual unless you said, one, two, three, let's break let's up. Let's break up. That's the only way. And that's what happened. Yeah. It doesn't happen. A breakup has never no. been mutual. Even if you, even if someone's like, Oh, I want to break, break up. up. Like, no, I I, oh, I wanted to break up too. Yeah. No, but I like agree. if you really want to break mm-hmm. up that bad, you probably would have said something. You would have. You would have. Exactly. exactly. So um that is something we know that there's tea. We know that that Give other person us. did something wrong. <laughs> and we know that you're in the right. So come yeah. explain to us why you're in the right. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Okay. That'd be an awesome segment. I'm glad we've established that. Um, but yeah. So okay. we can do. Our little sign off. Glad we ended on a happy note. Oh, yeah. Yay. Okay. Anyway, so SI9, rubbing your nose, making an S, rise, making it R's with you, making your little you. For an NES, you checked out Hippopotamus. Okay. Love you guys. Love you guys.